Nice to see everyone. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation. I had a chance uh, uh, to meet the minister. Uh, uh, when was it? It was uh, at uh, Choose France, I think, last, yes. uh, last uh, July in, in Versailles. In, in, in July. And um, uh, I was struck with the minister's um, deep appreciation for issues in digital transformation. Um, I think it's, uh, it's remarkable. Uh, uh, the minister uh, uh, has taken on this role as the head of digital transformation and, and telecommunications uh, for the, the French government. There are very few significant national governments with such a cabinet level role. And I, and I think it says something very important about France. Uh, and as well, of course, uh, uh, Minister Barrow as well. So uh, uh, I want to explore a little bit of um, your mission, your agenda, and your, and your background. And, and then I want to come into some key topics that I think are really important to the kind of conversations that we're having here uh, about the future of digital assets and, and, and Web3 and, and the broader impact of, of digital on society. So thank you, and uh, please uh, join me in welcoming uh, Minister Barrow. Thanks for having me. So, so maybe, um, Maybe uh, we can start again. Congratulations on the role, which is, is a noteworthy role. Um, you uh, you have a I think a, a very interesting background for this, uh, having come from the French National Assembly as a lecturer at very prominent uh, universities in, in f fundamental thinking on on economic systems. Um, and um, I'm very curious to hear how you arrived uh, into the role that you're in uh, now and. And, uh, and, and maybe talk a little bit with uh, all of us here about what you view as your core mission. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, I was appointed after uh, President Macron was re-elected, uh, which is something that is relatively unusual in, uh, in, in France. Uh, it was, he's actually the first uh, sitting president with a majority in parliament to, uh, to be uh, re-elected. And so I was appointed um, as a minister delegate. Uh, I work under the authority of Bruno Le Maire, who's the Minister of Economics and Finance, and, um, and uh, in charge of digital transition and, and telecommunications. Uh, a lot has happened in France over the past uh, decade, uh, both in terms of uh, telecom infrastructure, uh, we've, uh, we are now the, the country that's the most advanced in Europe for uh, fiber deployment. Um, it's a plan that we've set up 10 years ago and that has gone as planned, which is not uh, always the case in, uh, in France, both in terms of uh, timing and uh, costs for uh, public finances. And at the same time, uh, over the past five years, we've been um, uh, extending uh, mobile coverage with, uh, with a lot of success. And that's due to uh, sort of the vision of, uh, of President Macron. And based on this solid uh, telecom infrastructure, there has been a very strong development of the uh, uh, innovation and startup ecosystem uh, in France. Uh, when I was uh, elected uh, member of uh, parliament in 2017, there were uh, three unicorns in, in France. And uh, when I was 
re-elected in 2022, there were uh, 28 uh, unicorns in France. So a lot has happened, and, and France has shown its ability to uh, uh, to grow uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, global companies, global SaaS companies, uh, over a very short period of time. Um, now, what we are, what, what we're willing to do is to is to sort of go further and be able to have a, a sort of expertise and um, sort of an, uh, an autonomy in uh, in key aspects of the uh, digital infrastructure, and this includes uh, blockchain, because we have a nation of uh, engineers with a very talented people, very skilled people. And uh, whether it's for AI, whether it's for the cloud, or whether it's for blockchain, our intention is uh, to be at the forefront of the uh, you know, upcoming uh, waves of, uh, of technology. So we're now going to, uh, to focus a, lo a lot on this, and I think we'll be discussing this in, uh, in, this, uh, in this chat. I'm, I'm very happy to be with you guys, and uh, I'm very happy uh, uh, that, uh, about you know, all, all what we're going to achieve together. Thank you. Um, I wanted to come back to uh, your work in the French National Assembly and, and, and actually connect it to some of the topics here, which is, um, you know, France, I think, more than any other major national jurisdiction, um, was out ahead in thinking about policy and regulatory treatment of digital assets and of companies and, and the industry. In, in a world where people are saying there's no regulation, uh, actually France uh, put forward, uh, of course now known as the Pisson, uh, but uh, I believe you were in the National Assembly and, and played a role in this as well. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a template uh, for the, the, the broader uh, regulatory environment in, in the EU, and I want to come back to that topic. But um, what led to the development of that and how has that positioned uh, France uh, in this emerging industry? That's right. So after President Macron was uh, elected, uh, Bruno Le Maire, uh, uh, who was already Minister of Economics and Finance, uh, decided that he wanted to build a uh, uh, legislation uh, to stimulate growth uh, you know, of companies, in particular innovative companies. And so as a uh, member of Congress, I was in charge of uh, sort of drafting and negotiating the financing dimension of this legislation. So one thing we've done is basically create the equivalent of a French or, 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 or equivalent of the 401k for France in order to streamline retirement saving and in order to sort of be able to channel part of the savings uh, with longer duration, so to speak, uh, towards the, the funding of innovation in France and in Europe. But the other part of this legislation was to think about uh, digital assets. Um, and so there were uh, two uh, sort of uh, uh, easy paths. Uh, one was to do nothing and let uh, those, uh, those markets grow um, without any sort of regulatory uh, guidance. The, the other one, uh, the other path was to sort of forbid uh, any such uh, activities and there were uh, voices or there were forces that wanted to push us in, in this direction for fear 
of uh, well, you know the the risk associated with innovation. So we took a third path, uh, the a path which uh, which was basically saying. Uh, we want to have some regulatory guidance, um, but that's uh, that's uh, voluntary. That's done on a voluntary basis, uh, so that uh, sort of virtuous players can uh, abide by these uh, regulations, and as a result, build trust uh, uh, re regarding their their customers, their investors, and so on. Um, so uh, we 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 worked on the uh, ICO regime in this in this respect. So we 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 created a, a sort of a, a label or a certification that is uh, that is obtained on a voluntary basis for issuers that wanted to do an ICO, uh, and that uh, that would be regarded by investors as a label of uh, trust, if you if you will. And at the same time, we designed uh, a, the CASP regime or the PSAN regime for uh, intermediaries in digital assets that uh, rested on the same intuition, namely a voluntary uh, uh, registration that would provide uh, sort of uh, relate, sort of provide to the greater public confidence with uh, with the the service since the regulator uh, would have uh, sort of a, provided a stamp on uh, on the on those services, and this uh, this sort of uh, this regulation has been very successful because we now have over fifty uh, organizations that have uh, requested. Uh, the uh, registration with the French uh, with the French regulator, um, and uh, this has also helped the regulator build its own expertise on these uh, digital assets related topics, uh, and this has also helped the European Union uh, design its own regulation, which is going to come into force in the in the coming months, which is called MICA and which is greatly inspired by, by what we've done in, in France. So whole, all this has been uh, a very successful uh, experience uh, because I think we struck the right balance initially uh, between you know, the stimulation for innovation on the one hand and the protection of uh, consumers, savers, customers on the other hand. It's, it's, it's super impressive. And I think it's uh, one of the... One of the things that is not well understood in the world that France uh, went out ahead of the rest of the world, went out ahead of G7 nations and said, we can come up with rules to uh, allow for investor protection, to deal with some of the core risks. And we can do that across this new area of digital assets. Uh, and uh, you know that that was, in my view, that was very significant. And um, and and again, when the when the media writes about these topics, uh, they often will say, "Well, there's no regulation," or uh, and so on. And um, I, I think it's it's very important to emphasize that France has been leading. Um, it's out ahead of the entire European Union. It's out ahead of the United States. It's out ahead of a lot of jurisdictions. And so I think that that work, which I'm grateful for your uh, contributions, um, has been important. And, and I want to turn to the topic that you were just discussing, which was the Pisson became uh, a kind of template for uh, MICA, uh, the Markets and Crypto Assets 
you know, EU-wide regulatory framework, and I believe uh, was, was finalized under the French uh, presidency in, in the EU as well. And so that's also in some ways a French accomplishment. Uh, but um, uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about um, th that transition uh, to, to MICA. Uh, what do you feel that that means for uh, EU-wide competitiveness um, and, and innovation, and, and also um, given that this is a kind of normalization of, of the work in some ways that France started, um, how do you think about what France will do to continue to try and be the hub uh, for major digital assets uh, innovation in Europe? Right. So, yeah. So initially there were uh, indeed a lot of pushback and that's uh, that's probably one of the reasons why we haven't seen such regulations uh, uh, appear in uh, other uh, regions. Um, but indeed, we, we feel it, it was a it was a good investment to make as a, as a nation uh, uh, because we are seeing some of the global leaders in the field of uh, Web3. Uh, set foot in France, uh, set their main European hub uh, in in France due to well the success or the regulatory success that that, that we've had. Um, we've also seen uh, the emergence of uh, uh, you know web web three players that are sort of related to digital assets, not directly related, but I'm thinking about companies such as Ledger or such as Sorare, which are among those, yeah. uh, those 28, 29 unicorns that we have now in France. And we are very happy with that because uh, uh, France had a, a tradition of a strong finance uh, industry, uh, a strong en engineering uh, base, and we are seeing that the uh, that that France is becoming a major, well, the major hub uh, for uh, Web three in um, in in Europe, and that our fintech ecosystem, which is already the number one ecosystem in continental Europe, is 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 also going to, well, we hope is going to become all the the first uh, digital asset uh, uh, ecosystem uh, in Europe as well. And I think we are on 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 the good track for that. I think there is a payoff for Europe as well because. Mika is a, a regulation that's there not to uh, sort of uh, uh, curb uh, innovation, but precisely to to make sure that uh, uh, players like Circle that are going to invest in Europe uh, can look at Europe as a as a single digital market with the same rules, and that they don't that you guys don't have to jump from one country to the next and adapt to the legislation of of each member state. And that's the way with President Macron, with the French government, we've, we've, uh, uh, we are looking at uh, European uh, regulation. And that's basically one of the priorities that's been one of the priorities of the French presidency of the EU, namely pushing through as many sort of regulation as possible in the digital space, including Mika, but also including the DMA and the DSA that will come into, into force. Uh, again, not in the spirit of curbing or slowing down innovation, but rather to accelerating innovation in Europe, but by offering the same set of rules across uh, EU uh, member states. And I think that's how Mika should be seen uh, as a way to strengthen uh, the market for digital assets uh, in, in Europe by harmonizing the, the legal standards uh, throughout uh, the continent. Yeah, I, I hope to see 
what you've accomplished in France, what now is being accomplished in Europe, to see more countries uh, emulate and, and to see that normalization on, on, a, uh, on a G20 basis, right? I think um, I was just in a, in a discussion prior to this with an with a economist uh, who is involved in international regulatory matters. And, you know, the, there seems to be a, a G20 wide uh, desire to use the next year to normalize you know, digital assets, uh, crypto markets uh, regulation. And some of that is perhaps a reaction to failures, but also it's a desire to make sure that there's you know, a, a clear foundation. Um, are you optimistic that what, what Micah has done can become the global standard? I am optimistic indeed. And I think that we've seen that in other dimensions of digital regulation, such as uh, GDPR, for instance. And so because Europe decided on a set of standards for, uh, for privacy, uh, this has been embarked either as uh, legislation in other regions or uh, directly through uh, corporate strategies. Uh, so there are many uh, tech players uh, here in uh, Davos that now have uh, GDPR by design or privacy by design, and and uh, and 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 through this uh, have sort of spread GDPR as a standard uh, across the world. And I think that the same will apply to Mika, namely either through uh, effective legislation or soft law or you know, by the voluntary adoption of such standards by players, because you know, if, a, if a, a global leader like Circle adopts Mika uh, standards for their operations, I'm guessing that they're not going to have double standards or triple or quadruple standards for each of the uh, for each of their, the countries in which they, they operate. So whether it's by direct legislation, soft law, or uh, through the corporate strategies of the leaders in the field, I'm very confident that, that MICA, that is recognized globally as a, as a balanced regulation, will, uh, will, will make its way. On top of that, it's interesting to add that while uh, if we look at the, the, the latest failure, I'm, 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 you, know, you, you, you can figure out the one I have in mind, um, <clears throat> uh, Mika would, would not necessarily have completely avoided such a, uh, such a failure because it's, it's a failure that, is, uh, that, 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 is, that was triggered by, by a fraud, and fraud uh, happens in every market. Uh, unfortunately, but uh, Mika would have built uh, enough safeguards so that the, the consequences of such a failure would have been would have been much more limited than mm -hmm. than they've been, and so in some sense this uh, recent failure uh, provides us with uh, or provides the world with further arguments in favor of adopting Mika or Mika-like standards uh, uh, across the board. Yeah. I think um, we, I, I, I do believe that if, if a firm in the digital asset space was operating under Mika, I don't actually think something like that could have happened. Yes, fraud can happen, but having you know a regulator that is ensuring that you have the appropriate enterprise risk controls, that you have the appropriate you know financial controls, that yeah you uh, you, you you have. The, the right level of uh, you know financial audits, uh, control audits, uh, you know the things that financial institutions need to do, 
those are the safeguards that we depend on. And so I, I think, and, and, and Micah does enforce that upon, uh, upon actors. Um, I want to change the topic a little bit to, um, I think, also a, uh, an area of focus for you, which is sort of digital inclusion. Um, and you know, we, we think a lot about digital financial inclusion, um, the, the, uh, the kind of um, proliferation in all of these new technologies uh, is, is, is exciting, but it also is complex and difficult and bringing people into this is a challenge. Uh, one of our core um, uh, kind of commitments uh, in our social impact work is on that digital financial literacy, digital financial inclusion. But I think for you, you know, kind of digitalization and digital inclusion is a huge topic uh, under under your remit, under your uh, focus. I would I would be interested to hear your thoughts both on the broader topic and then also specifically on what Web three uh, and 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 digital assets could accomplish in terms of uh, digital inclusion. Sure. Yeah, it's 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 a great challenge because the uh, in our uh, democracies, Western democracies in particular, uh, the support that we provide to uh, innovation and disruptive technology uh, is conditioned uh, on uh, the acceptance of the, the, you know, the people that uh, what we're doing has value uh, to the people and to the people uh, entirely, not to uh, a certain elite uh, only. And so there is a big challenge of uh, sharing the benefits of uh, digital transition with uh, everyone so that everyone feels that they are part of this digital transition, not that they are excluded from the benefits associated with such a, a transition. Um, and, we, and we're working hard on, on this. Uh, by, in particular, uh, uh, sort of deploying, as we've done over the past 18 months, uh, actual human uh, digital counselors through, throughout the country that, uh, that are going to reach out to people that are the most remote from uh, the digital world to help them uh, gain uh, sort of expertise and autonomy with, with digital tools. We are going to, to sort of structure this policy a, a little bit further, a little bit more. And at some point, I think that indeed, uh, the, the, the contribution of uh, global uh, and leading digital players, uh, such as Circle as a company, whether it's you know a Web3 company or uh, a company involved in other dimensions of the digital transition, is going to be uh, useful. I think we have mutual interest. We have mutual interest to uh, to build uh, sort of expertise and know-how in the digital space and to reach out to populations that see the digital uh, transition as uh, in a sort of in, in um, with with a relatively negative view because they feel that they they are excluded from the benefits of of that and then i think there is a there is a big challenge of uh, education at uh, early uh, ages uh, not that every citizen needs to become uh, you know a blockchain developer but i think it's very important that uh, our populations in our democracies uh, sort of have a uh, have a basic understanding of what is 
the uh, economics or the mechanics of uh, of blockchain what is the mechanics of uh, deep learning and and ai so that they feel they understand that this is not about uh, magic but that is just engineering uh, developing uh, new solutions that can solve problems that didn't have solutions so far I think that it's it's very important that we have that. There is one initiative that I think was very interesting, which is a Finnish initiative uh, in the in the field of AI with uh, uh, short videos called Elements of AI that have been broadcast to a large chunk of the Finnish population. Have been able to uh, that have been able to understand what what the basics of it are and perhaps be reassured uh, that it's not magics but just logics and sometimes uh, mechanics right so i think this is also uh, very uh, important and then uh, and that's the sort of the third point i think that uh, the way our our our, our people are, are going to benefit from this uh, digital transition is by actually being actors of this uh, transition and namely uh, being able to find jobs in uh, in this uh, in this uh, in this in this space And to do that, we need to boost our efforts in uh, higher education, in uh, you know, sort of uh, in those fields such as uh, blockchain, such as AI, such as uh, you know, uh, qu quantum, uh, that uh, are going to be in high demand in the years uh, uh, to come. We need to make sure that those uh, training and then those jobs are accessible to the to a, to a larger, the largest possible chunk of the population. And in particular to women uh, who are, uh, for the moment, uh, not seizing these uh, opportunities for a number of reasons that we need to fight together. And so I think that there is a lot of uh, job on our plate, but I think we can uh, collaborate both in sort of uh, designing and supporting and and uh, strengthening uh, the education uh, and higher educa education at low levels, but also in, in higher education and, uh, and finding ways to also attract the other part the the other 50% which is the uh, which is women uh, where as you know uh, uh, there are, uh, there is as much as IQ uh, as in the other 50% part of the of the population that we need to to be able to draw uh, to these jobs uh, both for economic efficiency but also for acceptance of this uh, transition it's a tremendous perspective and i, I wish more Governments uh, had leaders like you who were trying to, you know, think about these issues uh, at a at a national level. Um, we're uh, again uh, very grateful for the work that you've done uh, in in moving some of these agendas and the work that you're doing uh, with uh, with uh, the the president uh, today. And um, we're looking forward to seeing how uh, the the French uh, ecosystem uh, uh, grows and thrives. And uh, I'm very pleased to have you here this morning. So thank you so much. Thank you.